Lansing, Michigan, responding to the uh, draconian restrictions in place there from their delightful Democratic governor, uh, forbidding youth sports because of the vid. Unbelievable. Is there there any other place in the country that has done what California did on Friday, where they uh, introduced racial issues into the pandemic that counties cannot open in California Unless you've shown progress in in addressing health equity. Health equity? What is health equity? Which has been a major issue because black and Latino residents are getting COVID at higher rates. So unless you improve that in your county, you will be punished. You will not be able to let your kid go to school or open your business. Or play youth sports, for instance. They haven't. Right. An, by the way, the how, hairdresser in your county has to stay shut because you have more Mexican Americans with the vid than white people. Right? Is anybody else doing that across? I mean, that is. I can't even wrap my head around this. I can't even wrap my head around the fact that this is actually happening. Kids aren't going to go to school and businesses aren't going to open because the virus is racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess is what they... I, it's, uh, well, and having read a fair amount about this, there are a couple of things at work. Number one, population density, where people tend to live. Plus, it's lifestyle. And where I live, there's a really big Hispanic population, a lot of Mexican-Americans in particular, who have these close, extended families. Grandma and Grandpa live in the house or next door, aunts and uncles and cousins, and they get together, and they barbecue, and they have fun. I think it's wonderful. I think it's it's it, it warms your heart that you know there's a lot of that in Mexican American culture. Oh, I used to say that all the time when I when uh, when my kids were younger and I'd take them to the park all the time. The Mexican families would be at the park all the time, huge extended families there all the time, using those grills there and stuff. Right. Yeah, and just I thought that is freaking awesome. I'm only envious of that. I think it's wonderful, but those events tend to be super spreaders. So I know in speaking for my town, my county, that's been the the biggest, by far the biggest cluster of cases. It's among those families. So explain to me exactly what my county is supposed to do to re, to uh, erase the so-called inequity. Well, even are if they you... going to just like bust into Mexican Americans' homes and drag them off to jail if they're having a barbecue with grandma? Even if that weren't That'd the case. Over. Even if what you described weren't the case, and it is, because I've seen that written about over and over again. But even if that weren't the case, even if there was there was something about, like, you know, Hispanics and black people aren't going to specific hospitals and getting specific treatment anyway. But even if that were true, why would you punish children going to schools and businesses, whether they can be open, be, to try to fix that? It's leverage, man. Why, but it's why leverage. Would, why, you can't use that as Josh your in the progressive utopia. You can't use kids going to school or not as a lever to make, you know, in my scenario, certain hospitals treat Hispanics better. That's not what the problem is anyway. Right. But that, that still would not be the way to handle it. That's and, crazy. And a question, an open question to Gavin Mussolini, the deluded jackass governor of uh, Cal Unicornia. The COVID disproportionately affects males, men, kills way more men than women, more quickly, more painfully, etc. Are we going to address that inequity? 
Or is it just your favorite inequities who tend to make you look like a progressive god and get you votes? It, it, uh, there are people, I have articles in front of me, serious articles, from big-time uh, newspapers and websites, some of them quite liberal, talking about the flight from L.A., from the Bay Area, California, from Chicago, from New York, from St. Louis. I, I got stacks of stuff here. And, oh, by the way, is just as a uh, an aside, the uh, the eunuch from CNN, Brian Stelter, he actually published a piece over the weekend that said, these stories of flight from cities are, are uh, they're exaggerated and not real. It's just a very temporary problem. All right, eunuch, if that's what you want to believe, go ahead. But when the L.A. Times is crowing about it, I tend to believe it. But anyway, so we, we are endorsing, I think, four different real estate people in different cities that are making a main point of, hey, if you're moving out of California, we're really good at helping you move to another state. Right. It's happening so much that if you're a real estate agent, you you prioritize that. Right. That's your pitch. That's how many people are moving to other states. So believe what you want, eunuch. But uh, people are voting with their feet in an amazing uh, way. And it's ultimately healthy, I think, although where it ends, I don't know. Um, but anyway... Uh, a vid-related note. This just handed to me. Rounds of golf were up 20% year-over-year year nationally in July. 20%. June wow. was up 14%. That's incredible. It, it really is. And uh, we have uh, friends who are uh, are uh, avid fishermen. You can't get onto the boat ramp. you got to get there like at O-Dark 30 because the lakes are so crowded. You can't buy a boat. So if you, you can't buy an RV, you're talking about horse trails. Everybody has so much free time now, and in many cases disposable income because they're not vacationing or whatever, that leisure, the leisure industry, the <laughs> non-travel-related leisure industry is exploding. That's wild. So so the, since this is the second Great Depression, if you're going to write the grapes of wrath about this time, it would include getting a boat, golfing, fishing. and Joining a freaking private golf club. <laughs> We've heard from one person I can personally attest, because I belong to a golf club, you can't get a tee time. I mean, you have to fight for tee times. There are waiting lists at clubs that were desperate for members two years ago. This, Country club where you have to fight for a tee time. That oh yeah. sounds yeah, we call it Well, we call it fight club, but I'm not supposed to. Uh, well, it's fight golf and country club, but I'm not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> what an odd time. And And then to circle back. You have this incredible divide between uh, the Democratic governor of Michigan, for instance, Democratic governor of California, obviously the numbskulls of Washington, Oregon, and similar places, with these uh, super draconian uh, closing policies, making idiotic and vacant statements like, we're going based on the data and on the science which is the stupidest dodge, I think, in the history of politics. And then you have other states run by Republicans that are trying their best to balance the competing needs. And there's a huge divide in the country. All right, who wants to tee off at noon 30? I do. So do I. All right, All two right. guys do. Strip to the waist. Tie their wrists together. <laughs> See who comes out standing. Each guy gets a tee and no other weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy can scout. You can, oh my eye. Oh. Fight country club. 
Exactly. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach. Uh, he's actually the assistant pro. <laughs> that, that reminds me, I was watching the video feeds, uh, and this was not funny. I was horrified, and I can't believe this is actually happening in our country. But there were uh, riots happening all across the country, getting zero coverage on the cable news. It was as if it wasn't existing for your major newspapers and for cable news. But if you were on Twitter and you went to various feeds, you could see riding in the streets in Portland and Oakland and Sacramento and Washington, D.C. and Kenosha and all over the place. But anyway, a um, couple of different places where you had shirtless guys squaring off fighting, shirtless white guys squaring off fighting. This crowd, the here's a chance for me to fight some guy mm-hmm. crowd. Right. I don't you just let those two morons beat each other to, as much as they want. Is there any way to just to, to corner corner them off? Hey, why don't you guys get together everywhere away from the rest of us? Whatever you want. Not at a bar, not at a restaurant, not at somebody's backyard barbecue. You just need a special place where you freaking idiots fight club. who shouldn't be in society go fight each other all the time. It was it was unbelievable. Well, a member of Patriot Prayer was hunted down and murdered, and yes, hunted down and murdered. It's being ignored by most of the media. Do you remember the big deal made of whenever some right wing lunatic would kill somebody at, at a so called protest? It was the lead story in America for a week and a half. Well, a member of Patriot Prayer was hunted down and murdered in the streets of Portland. The messaging of the media has been expertly analyzed by listener Tom, who brings us a lot of black and white examples of the incredibly misleading uh, media. Uh, we need to hit on that. Uh, in fact, we could do that next if you want. Yeah, that sounds good. A lot of stuff to get to. It, it, the more you understand the distorted verbiage that's used, the I hate to use the word propaganda because I don't. Uh, being an alarmist is not my thing. Kind of the opposite is, but the the way news media has been propagandized, it helps to be able to recognize it right away. And we'll give you a nice little lesson on that next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Disgusted most of the weekend. I don't know if I'm doing myself good or not by taking in this information. And I don't want to be miserable my whole life or die an early death because I'm rotting out my soul. But I do want to be aware of what's going on in America. And taking in um, a couple of different things. James Lindsay's got a new book out about uh, critical race theory and so much of this craziness that's going on fits into it. Mm-hmm. All the Antifa stuff, all the canceling, all the different things. Um, that and the fact that I had to go to Twitter to find out what was going on in American cities, being obscured for whatever reason by the MSM, Fox and MSNBC and CNN, no interest in covering it. I think they're coming to terms with the fact that the people they've described as protesters against racial injustice are indeed Marxists and anarchists and very, very dangerous. And they're, you know, at the stage of acceptance, uh, well, the stage pre-acceptance of ignoring it, trying to pretend it isn't so. My uh, main thesis of the morning, by the way, I haven't mentioned this for a couple hours. I'd meant I meant to. I don't show up to work with a thesis. I didn't know we were supposed to. We've oh. noticed, by the way. Did Jack bring a thesis this morning? No, of course not. When you hear systemic racism, what they mean is the United States. Everybody hates racism. Everybody but lunatics. 
But the idea that the country was founded on racism, it exists to perpetuate racism, the free market capitalism exists only to perpetuate white supremacy, the rest of it, that's what they mean by systemic racism. They hate this country. They actually do. So when you hear systemic racism, they mean the United States. Just keep that in mind. Having said that, the topic of this email from uh, the fabulous Tom, always thought-provoking, and uh, he does as much research and as rigorously as anybody who works on the show, um, and it's appreciated, but his topic is losing the war of words. And he was following the rioting in Portland on Saturday night, and he's uh, he mentions that it was an Associated Press article, but it was run by Fox News, because as we mentioned earlier, Fox News is, it goes so skeleton staff over the weekend, their coverage is terrible. Their news department just goes home. And so they're running biased AP stories. Fox News do better. Anyway, um, two groups were involved, according to the writer, a pro-Trump caravan and Black Lives Matter. Excerpts from the article, and these are direct quotes. Violent clashes between a massive pro-Trump caravan that drove through Portland, Oregon, and Black Lives Matter protesters. Now, Tom wants to know why is BLM not called pro-Biden? I honestly think that's a narrative being sold by the Trump campaign to discourage people voting for Biden, because I think the average Biden voter does not uh, identify with the anarchists and the terrorists and, and the rest of them. I'm not sure how accurate that is, because more and more progressive mayors and governors are realizing, oh, my God, I can't control these people. I can't appease them. They hate me as much as they hate Republicans. But putting that aside, I would guess that the Antifa crowd would prefer mm-hmm. Trump and the Black Lives Matter the actual organization, the Marxist part, I assume they would prefer Trump because yes. they'd see it as more chaos. Yeah, more chaos to lead to their revolution because, again, Black Lives Matter, the organization, is Marxist. But uh, another quote from the article. Portland police, and, and I'm sorry, the, the umbrella of this is learn to recognize the biased language of the biased media. Quote, Portland police said they were investigating a homicide in the area where the pro-Trump group and counter-protesters... Wait, so the rioters are now counter-protesters. That's why I got confused. How did they end up? They've been there for three months. How did they end up being counter-protesters? Yeah. Why not pro-Marxist? That is what they say they are. So pro-Trump group and counter-protesters. So the Marxists, the anarchists, are being framed purely as pro-Trump or anti-Trump protesters. I don't know who came up with this first, so that's the AP. When the New York Times finally got around to reporting this story, very late in the night on Saturday, they went with that also. Mm-hmm. Trump supporters and counter-protesters. Quote, Somebody decided on that. That's of, not a coincidence. Right, right. Uh, of the man who was hunted down and murdered. Um, and you can hear on the videotape of it, we have, we've got two here! we got two right here! And the lookouts and the shooters approached the two Patriot Purr guys and gunned one of them down. But on the topic of that gentleman, again, this is from the Associated Press, the man was wearing a hat bearing the insignia of Patriot Prayer, a right-wing group. Yet, at no point in the article is BLM identified as a left-wing group. Quote, Tensions began escalating to violence earlier in the day when racial injustice protesters confronted the pro-Trump caravan. And Tom says, if BLM are simply racial injustice protesters and not violent Marxists, then why can't the other group be pro-law and order instead of pro-Trump? Again, That's how they're characterized. Quote, protesters attempted to stop caravanners by standing in the street, and videos from the scene show sporadic fighting as well as Trump protesters, dot, dot, dot. BLM is back to just being protesters. 
And the only way to describe anyone who has a different message is a Trump supporter. Um, and then, as I pointed out earlier, um, the horrific NPR in the person of uh, Steve Inskeep phrased it like this. Listen, there are competing narratives out there, but here's the truth. You had a group of people protesting police violence or police brutality against minorities, and then you had the other side stating that the pro-Trump people are pro-police brutality against minorities, which is an obscene distortion of the truth. Where this leads us is not going to be good, because you have a lot of Americans who are trying their best to stay informed. They think, look, not only do I watch the news, I listen to the news, I read like three different websites. NPR, CBS, and uh, NBC. And I watch MSNBC. So I'm, I'm trying to get balanced reporting. And they'll all hear these lies and distortions. I took unbelievable. I took this all in as it was unfolding Saturday night, and uh, when I saw that caravan earlier in the day, when it was all together with the flags and the Trump stuff, and talking about how they're headed downtown, and then when I saw them driving in downtown because there was video of that, I thought there's going to be many dead people tonight. I was surprised it ended up only being one because mm-hmm. um, I just knew there was going to be the confrontation. Uh, There's going to be more of this. i got to check all the websites. Are they covering that horrific murder of that young man, Uh, the big news sites? I haven't seen it up there on the screens at all today. Uh, I have not either. Again, if it were some right-wingy guy gunned down a protester, um, it would be the lead story for a week. It's unbelievable. It's a little frustrating, isn't it? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're likely to see a stepwise progression of authorization of this vaccine for certain select populations that are at higher risk of either contracting it or having a bad outcome before we see a full approval for the general population. I think, again, a full approval for the general population where people can go to CVS and get a shot, that's really a 2021 event. Maybe the first quarter of 2021, probably more likely the first half. Jeez, so not the first quarter. So we're talking after spring, maybe, getting a shot for the COVID thing of next year. Whew. Yeah, I'm not shocked. I mean, the people talking about November or whatever, that was like the earliest conceivable moment. I mean, if 103 things in a row broke in the right way, then maybe November. I've been taking that aquarium cleaner. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, drinking Clorox. And That's I good. don't have the COVID. Look at me. It works. There you go. Drink um, Clorox. By the way, this is the clip of the day. We are meant to play it a whole bunch of times. Didn't get it on enough. Don't drink Clorox. We're not going to let our country be destroyed by a bunch of nut jobs. I think that's a good position that to take. Maybe the first occasion of the use of that term in presidential history. Yeah, I Not like sure. it. I like it as a. Uh... But anyway, so uh, Biden got no bump out of the convention. They used to call it the convention bump. You're in your convention. You went up a few points. It usually settled back down a couple of weeks later. But right. Both parties would get it. Much uh, ado about nothing. Biden didn't seem to get one partially because he's already at, you know, he's already 10 points ahead nationally and. About as high as he's going to get. Trump, it appeared, did get one out of the morning consult poll anyway. He cut Biden's lead nationally almost in half from 10 points to 6 points. I said, you're kidding me. It is now 50-44. Where did those numbers come from? Well, 
uh, Trump's numbers actually worsened with voters of color. Really? So I heard huh. a, a couple of different pundits say, so clearly a failure... <laughs> Well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the Trump campaign would like to get more black votes and Hispanic votes. But maybe what was going on was the permission structure for white voters. That's the hot new phrase, by the way. Ugh. Permission structure. What does that mean? I've been hearing it in podcasts, but I, I heard it on all the cable news shows yesterday. Um, it's it just it gives you the permission to do something, a permission structure. OK. Um, and the permission structure last week was look at all of these. Uh, this is all legitimate, by the way. I'm not uh, like being cynical about it. Look at these various black people: Herschel Walker, um, um, uh, well, South Carolina of... Senator Tim Scott. Right. You know, number of, of African Americans, uh, Hispanics, whatever. Saying, "Look, I've known Trump for years. I like Trump." Or, or maybe you don't like the way Trump talks, but this is why you should vote for him. It's good for us. And it gave suburban white people who might be worried that they're getting lumped in with racists by supporting Trump, the permission structure to say, okay, I'm, I'm not a racist because I like Trump. Mm. And that might be why the numbers went up, because the numbers did go up among white suburbanites by a, a pretty big chunk. And that's what led to that cutting Biden's lead in half. I now, have, whether that sticks or not, I don't know. Uh, right. But I perceived an absolutely indisputable jump in enthusiasm among Trump voters during the convention. I got a lot of, in my loose social networks, who I, I bounce things off of just to see what people are thinking, um, I got a lot of, I was reminded why, I'm, uh, why I was a Trump fan. Yeah, the guy drives me nuts, but yeah, the trade stuff and the foreign policy stuff and the judges and the rest of it. Now I remember why I was so enthusiastic, and I am again. So uh, we got... And by the way, the polls on enthusiasm are just way toward Trump. Yeah. Normally, you're golden. But Trump's unique character. He's got the lowest approval of anybody that's ever run. Yep. So uh, there you go. Um, the betting odds. I've never paid attention to this, but a month ago, the betting odds from Real Clear Politics, I, I don't really know what this means. Why are, the, why are the betting odds different than just who's ahead I guess you're predicting what you're, where you think the polls will go. Right, exactly. The quarterback tends to get tired and fade in the fourth quarter, and you know that. A month ago, Biden or was... the quarterback has dementia. A month ago, this is from Frank Luntz is pointing this out, but it's a real clear politics' number, and they're respected. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, a month ago, Biden was up 61-37 on the betting odds. 61-37. And I remember saying a month ago, if I had to bet my own money... Absolutely, I'd put it on Biden. It is now 50.6 to 49.1, basically a dead heat. <laughs> wow. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Well, there's a science a that studies flip. the wisdom of the masses. Lots of people, and it relates to that other uh, that study we did it was several months ago, but where a bunch of interested, curious laymen are much better at predicting something than a handful of so-called experts. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because they don't bring prejudices to the table. Yeah. They just observe, they learn, they share with an open mind. We all need to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the um, you're invested in a in a in a result because you believe something, or that, maybe you've published a paper saying this is how it goes, or you've been telling your friends or your wife or whatever this your whole life. You know, this not turning out to be true would really be damaging, mm-hmm. even if it's just subconscious. Apparently, right. we do that. Yeah, yeah. 
I find I find that really interesting. Well, and I think one example of it is definitely the violence, the anarchy, the riots, and the rest of it. I don't need polling to know that's freaking people out. Um, and then I see something like this. Joe Scarborough, former Republican, uh, current uh, obnoxious pain in the hiney on MSNBC. Morning, Joseph. Married hot Mika Brzezinski. Yes, indeed. She was already married, but she got unmarried before he married her. Well, he was already married, too, but he got unmarried. They both got unmarried before they married him. So Joe Scarborough Are, is a been, bigamist or no, not? No, he's not. That All would have right. been complicated. Okay. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Scarborough tweeted this yesterday. Portland's mayor and Oregon's governor have been deplorable in the ongoing crisis gripping the city. The chaos continues nightly. If they can't control their streets and keep their citizens safe from agitators and anarchists, then call in the National Guard. This has to stop now. Yeah, well, I think I saw the number that he's seen clearly to say that. Remember last week? You had Chuck Todd, you had uh, Don Lemon on CNN, a couple of people say, there's some numbers out there that look like this is some ground, you know, really fertile ground for the Trump side. Yeah. And that's when you started to <clears throat> see things changing a little bit. Um, do these campaigns get polling results ahead of us, or do they just have... They have their own internal polling. They hire pollsters okay. to do their own polling on specific questions. And you never hear it. And th- they don't share with us. That's the stuff Manafort was sharing with the Russians for some reason, or the Ukrainians. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they have their own internal stuff. And then the, the idea being on that is that they can adjust on the fly before it even becomes a thing. But this, you know, kind of leaked out because it was so egregious because the question was, who is going to make America safer with this violence in the streets? And it was 42 to 23 Trump over Biden (laughs) doubled up the numbers. All right, then. And they looked at that and thought, "Uh Oh, this is a real weakness. (laughs) And that's why you got Scarborough saying that out loud. Right. And which is why you hear a lot of lefty commentators saying Trump actually wants more violence because it helps his campaign. That's how they played that game with Kellyanne Conway, I think it was yesterday. I know. know. Trying to get her to say that it would help the Trump campaign if there were more violence, knowing that everybody knows, of course, it would. Yeah, the numbers would show that it would. But if she says it, that means you're rooting for it. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that is, but. It's complicated. Hey, one thing well, on the violence. Hey, hey uh, Margaret Brennan or whatever dope is asking the questions. Ask Biden's people. Would it help you if the economy continues to decline and more people Good were one. destitute and miserable? Good one. Would or, it? Or if the coronavirus, Answer the question. Or if the coronavirus gets worse. Right. Would it help you? That's, You're not going to hear that asked. That, that's a good example right yeah. there. Um, and then, and then, even if he said yes, they would they make the leap? To, so you're rooting for it to get worse, right? Um, I had not ever done this before Saturday night. Boy, that could go anywhere. I had never done this before Saturday night. So my wife and I met this pool boy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no, what I did Saturday night. Yes? You have a question? Just, I heard, I heard that uh, the pool boy interviewed on CNN this morning. Oh, really? The pool yeah. boy making the rounds. Oh, yeah. Discussing pH balance, how to keep your chlorine levels Exactly, algae. Stable. A lot on algae. <laughs> He's talking about how... The leaf, the humble leaf, such a, a pain. Right. Landing in your pool. Right, the importance of daily skimming. He was talking about, speaking of daily skimming, that he had a business relationship with the uh, the Falwells, in addition to the <laughs> sexual relationship. Yeah, giving her the business. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to let the adults discuss this one, Sean. 
Why don't I give your wife the business? Sure, as long as the lighting's good and I can see you from over here. Well, and that um, he tried to get his share of it and go, and the Falwells kept blackmailing him into staying by saying, listen, we're going to release, we got videotapes of you and the wife. We're going to give them to your wife and your, your, I'm sorry, your girlfriend and your family. And old uh, pool boy who really loved his girlfriend didn't want that to happen. So he said, all right, I'll wait three more months, but then you got to give me the share of this business. So this is interesting on both ends. So on one end, you got Falwell who got to get his kink on and then, oh, no, he lost his job and got paid $10 million on the way out the door. Rough, yeah. And then the other guy who uh, who got blackmailed into having regular hot sex. Yes. Economic intercourse. Right. Well, yes, in short, <laughs> Senator, Mr. Vice President. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, at, at its heart, it's a business dispute as well as the other thing. So what I did for the first time Saturday night, and it doesn't involve a pool boy. Um, that I think you should start doing in the future, especially on uh, big news nights. Tell you about that next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Look, I am very hard line on this. The only way you break this is you just keep arresting people until there's no one left. They need to track these people down. They need to charge them with the highest possible crime. And the reason is simple. You have to break the fever by which these people on the left, Antifa and others, have come to believe that they have the right, as they just did in, in Portland where they killed a Trump supporter, and by the way, Almost none of the news media were willing to say that this was a Trump supporter killed by somebody on the left. No, the media did not say that. They they call those people. So a bunch of Trump support uh, supporters drove into downtown Portland provoking these people. That's exactly. the way it was portrayed on all the talk shows yesterday. Um, I was going to play this, but I never got around to it. Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation really trying to get the Secretary of Homeland Security to say that the Trump supporters provoked this happening. So you got three months of violent riots, and if somebody else shows up... Then that was about racial justice, right? But if somebody else shows up, and, you know, if they were starting the fights, you got to show me the videos. Mm-hmm. But if you got other people that show up, they're, the, they're provoking it? I mean, that's like the, you wore a short skirt so you deserve to be rape argument. I mean... Right. It's crazy. But anyway, and I don't understand. I also don't understand how you're a counter protester. The Black Lives Matter and Antifa has been there for a hundred days. Right. So they're the protesters. Anyway, that nomenclature, I'm not sure, is all that important. I have no idea. But anyway, the Oregonian is reporting. So somebody got killed over the weekend. I also have a problem with all these stories where that was when it happened in South Carolina or Portland. If a person dies, then all of a sudden you build a giant narrative around that death mm-hmm. when it can just be a nut job that that does the shooting. Right. They, they don't they don't necessarily represent everything else that you is occurred paint before. Everyone with the same brush as the shooter. Right. And also people getting their heads crushed or buildings smashed or whatever. But somebody doesn't die. Then it's just doesn't rise to that level. I don't get that either. Anywho, the Oregonian reports that Michael Forrest Rhino, he's age 48, 
He's the guy who shot a Trump supporter dead. He's identified himself as 100% Antifa all the way uh, in an online post, in quotes. He wrote that. 100% Antifa all the way. And at an earlier protest in July, he was cited by police for possessing a loaded gun in public and resisting arrest. Uh, Allegations later dropped for some reason. Man, I saw a video breakdown of this guy because all sorts of security camera and cell phone videos captured him going about his business. There's one scene where he walks up to a pickup truck with Trump supporters on there and he reaches into his bag and then something happens, gets in the way, he takes his hand out and he, he walks away. And later, the same guy is seen reaching into his bag and, and, and shooting this guy, killing him in cold blood after several Antifa guys uh said, we've got two, we've got two of them right here. And he runs over, he shoots them. Then a bunch of the lookouts who are around, and I watched this video, they they rush in as if they're concerned and all, and they're looking around and signaling each other and stuff. It's unbelievable. You know, we should dig up for next hour, Um, I know where to find it, the Black Lives Matter or Antifa guy in Washington, D.C., who was standing in front of the crowd, he was kind of the leader on Saturday night saying we're going to put these cops in their graves mm-hmm. and a number of people wondering how is that not a threat or how is that i mean how is that okay whether it's from a law enforcement standpoint or just the media standpoint is the media going to report that they're talking about putting police officers in their graves that's absolutely amazing very few media are certainly not the mainstream so here's what i did for the first time saturday night i was aware of this phenomenon but i hadn't done it yet um i started seeing the tweets about what was going on, what was likely to happen in Portland and what was happening in Washington, D.C. And so I, being, you know, okay, Boomer, me being my age, I went to cable news to see what's going on. Nothing. Reruns of old shows talking about stuff that was hours old. Uh, I'm checking the Washington Post, New York Times, nothing. On Twitter, just a ton of video and commentary of what was going on in these cities, including these websites from these guys. What's the famous one that you mentioned in our text the other night? This one's the most known one, but there are a number of them out there. Of people who take in these feeds that other people give them, and they're like a they're like their own news channel. Right? Yeah. Well, they are they their monitor own news a channel. bunch of them and then feature them and the rest. There's of There's one yeah. particular guy. I'll have to look up what it was. It was something media and something. But anyway, he's sitting there with a bank of feeds that he's getting from people that are on the ground, people that are in with the protesters or on the or with the cops or whoever. I mean, they're right there with their phone out. They're they're Facebook living. He's got all the feeds up on a monitor, and he and he just says, "Okay, we're going to go to uh, things are getting hot in Portland. Let's go to Portland right now." And you're with guys two feet away from the cops, screaming mm. at him, and the cops talking back. I mean, you couldn't get more in the action than that. Cable news has never been as good as this is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's completely unfiltered, so, you know, it comes with the language and the violence, and you see actual blood and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, it is amazing. I couldn't stop watching it. And then he'd say, okay, things are getting hot in Oakland. Then he'd go to Washington, D.C., where you had a bunch of BLM Antifa people screaming at people at the restaurant. What's that channel, though? The NFL Red Zone channel reminds me of that that. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and the guy also appears get, to be doing it just because he enjoys it. Because he's interested. There are no yeah. ads or anything like that. You don't yeah. pay a subscription. And the one thing I liked, the one I was watching for quite a while on Saturday night, was the guy would mock people who were bad at camera work. Oh, that's a nice shot of the gutter. Still in the gutter. You're right next to the protest. Oh, there's the gutter again. <laughs> but you have you have cities on fire all across the country, and our cable news is not covering it at all 
in real time. And you go to Twitter and you think, oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's insane out there. Yeah. yeah. In the town I live in or just one town over. You got that going on. You got a hundred cops lined up with face shields and everything, and you got all these people with bats and swords and all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. In their Everybody faces. Everybody bear spraying each other and in it, the face all night long. Right. But unless you're on Twitter getting a feed from somebody who's standing there with their phone, you wouldn't even know what was happening. Right. How many cities had riots Saturday night? I don't know. I'm aware of quite a few. But I don't know whether it was 6 or 16, honestly, or I 60. I saw a video from 6, but there might have been more. How would you know? Nobody's you know, nobody's covering this stuff. Right, right. It's a, it's a little unsettling to realize these things are going on, and they're not, I don't, well, in some cases, they're directly being hidden from us. Sometimes, and some of it is just newsrooms are smaller than they used to be, and... Hey, you need to go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have specially packaged up a segment or two we did last week on the extremists' tactics. The decision dilemma is what it's called. It talks about the tactics they use to, to first of all, get the violence going, then benefit from it, communicate to the media. The initial media report Saturday night were that uh, crazed Trump racists had murdered a black man in cold blood. Antifa got that out. Even though it was their guys who gunned down a guy in cold blood, they have a sophisticated messaging uh, department as well. So really good to know, to hear, to understand their tactics. Um, again, that's at armstrongandgetty.com. Listen, uh, zap it around to your friends. We think you will find it enlightening. Armstrong and Getty.